reading from the 22nd chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with verse 1. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm and another to his business. While the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So one of the things that I don't have to worry about when I'm going to a wedding is what I'm going to wear, especially if I'm doing the wedding, right? I know what I'm going to wear. I started wearing the clerical collar pretty early in my career as a pastor, and one of the benefits of it is I don't have to worry about buying a necktie that matches the cummerbunds and all that kind of stuff that people get worked up about. Oh, but your tie has to be the same color as all my people's stuff, so I don't wear ties. Put the collar on, put my robe on, put the white thing around my neck, and I'm covered, right? I don't have to worry about that. And you might think, well, why, why is it a big deal about what people wear to weddings anyway? But we know it is, right? Because if you get that preserve the date card in the mail, right? Reserve the date. One of the first things you might think of is, oh, I don't have anything to wear. Well, some people. Okay, all you women think that, right? Men, we don't care. I'm not sure why it is, but some of us care. I like to look nice when I go to something like that. But again, I have a backup. I can put my collar on and it's what I'm supposed to look like, right? Even if I go to somebody else's wedding, I can just wear that and it'll be okay. But we get that reserve card in the mail and we start thinking about what are we going to wear? And I've already had this conversation with a friend of mine whose brother got married yesterday. And her talk about what she was going to wear and getting new dresses for the children, for her daughter, so they could wear new dresses to the uncle's wedding, right? That's what we do. We're concerned about showing up looking like we're coming to something that matters. Is that fair to say? We're coming to something that matters. Likewise, when, when we were kids, and, and, and all of you are kids now, when we have a birthday party, we want hats, don't we? 
Most of us want something like that, a hat like I put on, like some of the kids are wearing now. And we hand them out at the party, and what happens when somebody won't put it on? We say, why won't you wear the hat? Right? And usually it's because they don't want to look silly. Isn't that right? I don't want people to notice me. When you put the little hat on, you you get noticed. So I made sure mine was orange and sparkly and pretty. Is it straight? So we put this on because we recognize that we're at something that matters. We're part of something that matters. We're coming to celebrate something that's more important than we are in the moment. Make sense? When you go to someone else's birthday party, you are not the honored guest, are you? No. You're not expecting gifts for yourself when you go to someone else's party. When you go to someone else's party, you're expected to come in and be part of their party, correct? You're not supposed to show up late wearing your, I'm sorry, I'm late, I didn't really want to be here shirt. You're supposed to come in and join the festivities, join the party. What Jesus is talking about is a party, a wedding party, a banquet, a festival, a festivity, something where people are going to be happy and enjoying themselves. And the first people who were invited decided they were either too busy or didn't, just simply didn't want to come. And so the king sends out other people to get more people and just get them to come. And he doesn't care who they are. Whether they're good or bad, they're invited. Send them out and get them and fill my banquet hall is what he wants. He wants a party that matters, that'll be full of people who want to be there. Now, if you're one of those people out in the streets and you heard the king was going to have a party for his son, you went and checked your mailbox to see if you got an invitation, right? Oh, but it's not there. And you're sad and you're disappointed. Why didn't I get invited? And then you hear that the invited guests refuse to show up. And lo and behold, someone comes and says, you can come. And you show up and you get to the door and they're handing out party hats that they call wedding robes. Wedding garments. And you're told you can put this on and go in and you can be part of the fun. You can be part of this life-giving moment where you matter. You get invited into the presence of the king and you matter. Your presence there matters. He wants you to come. But you're that one person who says, no, 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 I'm I'm too important to put on a party hat. It's going to mess up my hair. If I put that on, I'm going to look silly. If I put that on, I'll be admitting that that I I need a hat to have fun. Whatever the reasons are that people don't want to do fun things at parties, I've never understood that. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I never understood about church when I was a kid is why everybody at church looks so dang unhappy. Can y'all smile for a minute? Are you happy to be in the presence of Christ, church? Are you happy to be in the presence of Christ, church? Are you happy that he invited you today? Are you glad to be part of his party? Then put your hat on. Stop fighting it. Put your robe on. And you might say, well, preacher, what is the robe? Ah, there's the problem. Because see, the guy that didn't want to put on the robe, we normally understand he got thrown into hell. It's a two-syllable word when that happens. He got thrown straight into hell. He got thrown into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth because he thought he was too good to come on the king's terms. 
Because if you come to the king's party, you put on a robe. And I'm assuming that he got there and said, no, 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 Dave, don't wear robes. No, I'm too important. I'm not going to look like the rest of these people. I'm important. I don't need a robe to fit in. I don't need to put on what you're offering me so I can be part of your party. You should just be glad I came. That's how I read what's happening there. That he decided that he had his stuff together and he didn't need help to belong at the party. But I noticed that the king invited good and bad. Do you know that's what our king has done? Our Father in heaven who's throwing this party. This is a literal party. This isn't a joke. It's not just a story. There's a party coming for the Lord of lords, for the King of kings, for the risen Christ, where we will be presented to him as his bride. There's a party coming. And what Jesus wants to know is, do you want to be there or not? He's inviting you whether you're good and bad or bad, whether you're perfect or broken, whether you've got everything together or not. He's inviting you to come. And all he asks is that you put on the robe. Will you refuse? No, Jesus, I'm too good for that. I, I, don't, need, I don't need your help fitting in. And interpreters have interpreted this wedding gown as a lot of different things. John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement, who started the movement of Jesus that we are part of, interpreted the wedding robe as loving God and loving our neighbor, as holiness. The holiness that God gives to us. You see, in our tradition, we don't stop at getting saved. The point of all this is not just to be forgiven for our sins. What John Wesley called being pardoned. Y'all know what being pardoned is, right? That's that thing that presidents do that make everybody mad, but the person they pardon. Pardon is when you say that something never happened. This, it will be for you as this never happened. And what the Bible teaches us is that that's how it will be for us. That God will look at us and say, you are pardoned. But that's not all. There will also be healing, our tradition says. In our theology, salvation is being pardoned for sin and being healed of sin. And I think the question that this parable is asking us is why are we refusing to be healed of sin? Do we want it or not? Do we want to be part of the party or do we want to keep life our way? Will we put on the robe that's offered to us, which is Christ's own righteousness? You can read about that in Revelation when it says that they've dipped their robes into the blood of Christ and come out white as snow. You can read about that where Paul says in Galatians that all who have been baptized into Christ have been put on Christ and put on Christ's righteousness. A robe offered to us so that we can come to the party and not be thrown out. And the question is, will we put it on or not? Or do we just want to wallow in sin and live however we want to, doing whatever we want to, chasing after whatever we want to because then the question has to come have we ever put our faith in Christ at all if we're not willing for Jesus to change us if we're not willing for Jesus to cause us to love God and love our neighbor then the question might need to rise in my mind and our mind and my mind and your mind have we trusted Jesus at all Or do we just want to get out of hell free card? Do we want a relationship with the king's son? Or do we just want to 
be free to do whatever we want to with no consequences. That's what it looks like to disown the robe, to say, I'm not putting that on. It looks like saying, no, 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 I belong here. I can come here because of who I am. I can come here because I'm perfect, because I've got my stuff together, because I don't do anything wrong, because I'm a good person. There won't be a single person that will enter the kingdom of heaven because they're a good person. The king invited even the bad. That's in the story. Jesus told the story, not me. The question will be, will they receive the robe? Will they take the robe offered to them? And the robe offered is faith. And what comes through that faith is regeneration and being made whole, being made holy, being made happy, being made complete, which means loving God and loving our neighbor. Which is why the book of James tells us that if we say we have faith and don't do anything for anybody else, then we're probably wrong about having faith. And those are hard words for us to hear, especially when we're confronted with putting on something ridiculous that demonstrates that, demonstrates that we don't have it all together and that we need help fitting into the kingdom. It's God's party hat. And it's offered to you without cost. To be transformed and be made complete. To be remade in the image of God. To be renewed in the image of His Son Christ. To be love. To be the embodiment of love. To be love in the world. To be God's offer of love in the world. To be God's instrument of love in the world. As Teresa of Avila said, to be God's hands and feet in this world. But there will be some, Jesus seems to think, who will refuse that. They'll want to come because they're invited, but they won't want to put on the robe. They won't want to put on love of God and love of neighbor. They won't want to let the Holy Spirit do that work in them to heal them of their sin. What are you going to wear to the party, church? Are you doing that absurd thing that people say, come as you are? Are you willing to let Christ change you? Are you willing to let Christ work in your heart and change you and deliver you from sin? It's a good question. But there's happiness just in being invited. And if we'll start there, if we'll start with the happy, silly heart that's glad to have been invited, then putting on the robe becomes possible. So maybe a better question is, church, are you glad to have been invited to the kingdom? Which gets what I think might be the second worst sermon title I've ever made. You know, the one the other week, man, that was bad, right? Where's the figs? This one, what is it? A-G-T-I-M. <laughs> because we're about to sing Amazing Grace in a minute. We're called to celebrate and be happy that through God's amazing grace, we've been invited. Amazing grace that invited me. 
that invited me to the party because I don't deserve to come. I wasn't first on the list. But he invited me anyway. Amazing grace that invited me. If we'll start there, if we'll start with understanding that God is inviting us to something, not because we deserve to come, but because he wants us to be part of it, then the rest of it becomes possible. Laying down ourselves, laying down our own desires, laying down our own wants, and taking up love of God and love of neighbor only becomes possible when we're excited about the possibility that we've been invited to something more important than we are. And so I'll ask you, church, how are you going to respond to your invitation? It's in the mailbox. It's in your house waiting on you. It's right here. It's in your hands. It's in your mouth. It's in your ears. It's been whispered to you by people all over your life, whether they were Sunday school teachers or preachers or neighbors or mothers or aunts or uncles. God's invitation has been whispered into your heart over and over and over and over again. How will you respond? Will you take the robe offered to you? Will you let God pardon your sin and heal you of it? Will you let God deliver you from yourself and cover you with the gift of salvation, with the robe of Christ, with the robe of righteousness? Are you happy to be invited? Today, Tish Grandjean is, is coming to renew her commitment to Christ, to reaffirm her faith. If today you would like to respond in that same way and acknowledge that you're glad to be invited to this party, that you want to be part of it, I invite you to come with Tish as she's coming right now. Come up here and renew your commitment to Christ. Renew your faith. Reaffirm your faith. You can do that where you are also. You can turn in your hymnal to page 33. Our lay leader is coming to stand with Tish. And any of you who would like to stand also, you can stand where you are or answer the questions from where you're seated, but take seriously the opportunity to reaffirm your commitment to this life that Christ has called to you to, a life of celebration and hope and love. Brothers and sisters, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present to you Natisha Grandjean, who comes to reaffirm her faith. And all the rest of you who wish to reaffirm. As I, your pastor, reaffirm my faith as well. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? I do. I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I do. I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord? in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. I 
Dear ones, let us pray. Father, we are grateful for the chance to reaffirm our faith today, to reaffirm our desire to be part of your party, part of your kingdom, part of this thing that you have invited us to. And we ask you, Lord, that for this day forward, we would celebrate it, that we would live in it with joy, that we would work to see others understand that they too are invited to come and take on the robe of holiness, of loving you and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Help us, Lord, your church, to preach this good news that you have invited all to come to the party of life, to the celebration of hope and joy that will never end. We give thanks for our sister Tish who comes to us to renew her faith and her commitment. And we're grateful, Lord, for all others who have done so today. And we ask that you would work in us together, that we might see more and more people give themselves to your Son. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.